Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talk you through this slate of Friday games. Of course, we are powered by our sponsors at Bet Rivers and by Underdog Fantasy. Get a 100% deposit on your first deposit. Get a match up to $100 with the promo code FIELD, F-I-E-L-D. Make sure to jump on that if you haven't yet. Fellas, it's Friday. We're going to ignore last night's games for now. I want your takeaways from the South and the Midwest regions that we saw last weekend. Matthew, I'm going to start with you. What did you see out of these two regions that surprised you or or made you excited for tonight's games? Heckus, Hook'em Horn. Very impressive. Uh, I think most impressive, uh, most complete effort of the team's Neither regions. I think Alabama is just a different beast at this point. So I almost want to put them like on a separate conversation. But Texas, relative to Houston, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, foreshadowing potential lead eight showdown there. The Hook'em Horns really have it going with the inside outside punch of Jabari Rice and Dylan Disu among the other great guards they have there. So I'm just been very impressed with them, Jim. I think they're they are a a buy on, a play on coming through the stretch. There you go. There's a spoiler. Uh Kai, what are you what are you thinking from from last weekend? The obvious surprise is Princeton, guys. It should be Mizzou. It should be Mizzou. Everything else, pretty much chalk, close to chalk. Um, five seeds moving on, but not too unexpected. Yeah, Missouri Tigers could not get it done against Princeton. Say la vie. We won a tournament game. Be happy, I guess, with with uh, progress, Jim. Yep. And hey, look, Creighton's here in the Sweet 16. They're on mm-hmm. uh, a quest to try and make me look <laughs> dumb for my preseason. Shouldn't be top five. Look, they were a six seed. They're that's that's kind of more telling than where they finish in a one and done tournament. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bury myself for that. Also, that article also had to do with UNC, who did not even make the tournament. So uh, projecting that leap, it's tough. It's tough to do. All right, let's next get year, into though. tonight's next year. Baycott. Uh oh. Oh, he back. He back. He's gonna daddy duke a couple more times, Matthew. NIT again. It'll be the NIT. I know you again. swept him. I know you swept him this year. That's okay. All right, let's talk San Diego State and Alabama. The first tip in the South region. Maybe we get a big pro Alabama crowd here. They're currently laying seven and a half, Mr. McEwen. What are you thinking? The tie taking on the tough, mean Aztecs from San Diego State. Yeah, usually they have the advantage of being tougher and meaner than their opponent. They have more athleticism than everybody. They're more physical. No, not against Alabama. It's just not a good matchup for San Diego State, a team who I have loved all season, all preseason, got some futures on them. I just don't see them winning this game. Seven and a half, big spread for sure. Could stay inside of it. I even kind of lean towards Alabama, though. Uh, San Diego State's going to try to muck it up. They have a great defense. I think Alabama's too talented, Matthew. They they Their defense themselves, Alabama's defense, is pretty darn good, and San Diego State can certainly stagnate in the half court. One team wants to go up and down. One team wants to keep it slow. San Diego State doesn't have the offense to play in that slow game, in my opinion, against Alabama. I lean towards the tide here. Boring. Yeah, I guess I do too. I, it's a tough one to handicap. Um, I, the interesting thing about San Diego State is they're one of the best defensive transition teams in the country. I mean, one of the best overall defenses, but they are especially good at limiting easy buckets in transition. 
Um, part of that, I think, will work against their ability to get to the glass though, on offense, which if you're looking at San Diego State's offensive upside in this matchup against Alabama, it's just you know crazy athletic, long defense, both inside and on the perimeter. I'd like to know that I'm going to be getting a little bit of effort on the offensive boards, and they're still long enough, and they, they do a nice job actually getting the offensive glass and getting back in transition. But in this game, I feel like they have to basically punt on the glass to make sure they're back and set against Bama's transition attack. So that puts a lot of onus on the shot making of San Diego State, which is Matt Bradley, Darian Trammell, um, and Lamont Butler. Uh, you know, mostly mostly Bradley there. I think the underrated part, though, for the Aztec gym that people might be overlooking is that they're really deep too. They're old, they're deep, they're physical. Maybe we look past that as we all you know crown Alabama and pencil them into our Elite Eight brackets here. I'm doing that. I'm the sucker. I worry I overlooked that. I worry I disrespected Brian Dutcher and his defensive game planning ability. I just think this is too much of a talent gap to uh, to go against. Yeah, and I don't trust the the half court offense that San Diego State's going to run. It's going to be a lot of pull up mid range stuff against contests. You know, Bediaco kind of half closing out from the drop coverage angle, or a guy chasing from behind to try to get a hand in there. I just don't love that for San Diego State. I think Alabama's got an easier route to point in the points in the half court. You get a lot better ISO scores on their team. I think we haven't seen anywhere near the best of Brandon Miller. He's been off for four days now. Hopefully should be a little healthier there. Get some efficiency from him. And since Quinterly's been in the starting lineup, this team's 5-0, and all against tournament teams, won every game by at least 19. Lest we forget, the Mountain West is like 2-13 and against the spread in its last 15 NCAA tournament games. The only two covers are San Diego State in the last two games. Lucky against Charleston and then a bad matchup against Furman. From a total perspective, I want to mention this is the lowest total of the season for Alabama. The only other one below 140 was Houston way back in December. That one slipped under 139, uh, the total there. I kind of like the under again. I think both teams do struggle to score a little bit, and San Diego State finds a way to limit possessions at times. I just don't know how they score in that half court look. So I like Alabama on the side, lean towards the under, feel better about the tide. All right, next up, Miami, Florida, and Houston. My other finalist, hopefully joining the tide in Houston, will be the Cougars. Another seven, seven and a half point spread here. A little bit of, uh, of money ticking in on Houston. Kai, we're looking at Miami, Florida. They're great guards. Getting seven and a half against this also awesome backcourt of Houston. Where's the edge lie in this matchup for you? Yeah, I, I posed the question with Gonzaga yesterday, but Miami, you can't play defense. You're outside of the top 100 nationally per Kim Palm on that end. It's really hard to survive in a tournament setting when you can't do one end of the floor well. And Houston can score. They get a lot of press for their defense. They don't get a lot of press for their offense. They can score. They have talent, skill, and of course, the ability to rebound the ball better than any team in the country. Um, I do love Norchad O'Meer, Matthew. We disrespected him at the beginning of the year, saying he couldn't play in the ACC. We were wrong. Um, he ha- has been fantastic for Miami. He's still a bit undersized, and he's going to be against some serious muscle in Houston. He might get in foul trouble in this game, which could be an issue. Miami, not a great defensive rebounding team. I think Houston really dominates that end. And, of course, on the other end, Houston's defense is incredible. You have to hope Miami's guards are hitting shots if you're if you're a Canes fan, because otherwise you're not scoring inside. You're not really getting many boards Good luck. Good luck to you if, you if the shots aren't falling. The line feels about right to me. I guess I lean towards Houston, but I, it borderlines on on a little bit high, Matthew. 
Yeah, I I understand the concerns up front when this game, um, but Miami's not like as tiny as as you think. Like, I mean, they are have pretty long. They're athletic. I mean, Jordan Miller and when Omir's right, and he looks to be pretty damn near close to right lately. Um, I, I think they can not say compete, but they're not going to get completely obliterated on the glass. And whenever they surrender on the defensive glass, I think they actually can get a lot of offensive rebounds themselves. Right? They did that against Indiana. I mean, how much worse is Indiana's front line than Houston's? It's not a big gap there. I think this their kind of swarming, unpredictable ability to crash the boards to get second chance, third chance opportunities, even when those shots aren't falling. And you got to think they won't be falling at the same rate that you know maybe we've seen in the past because Houston's perimeter defense is so good. I think there's avenues here for Houston or for Miami to score enough. Um, and I don't all the way trust Houston's offense, even though they had that explosive second half against Auburn. Um, I liked Miami first half here as sort of a repeat of the Houston comes out sluggish. They turn on the Jets second half and Miami's lack of depth maybe catches up to them. Um, but I'm not as concerned about Miami's interior presence here. And I think they can score uh, in a multiple, in a multitude of ways, not just by chucking threes. I'm concerned about Miami's lack of interior presence. The the interior, that's that's where this like onslaught of Houston offensive rebounding, I think is going to come back to bite him a little bit. Omir could get his on the offensive glass. Look what NKU did to Houston on the offensive boards. That was rather alarming for the Cougs. Uh, but I still trust Houston's interior more than Omir and kind of a hodgepodge Jordan Miller. I don't know. It's just not quite there in terms of physicality uh, compared to Houston. Kai, do you happen to remember the old EA Games slogan when he started a video game? Do you remember what EA it was? EA Sports. It's in the game. Well, that's EA Sports. There's an EA Games one, too. Uh-huh. So, sorry. It What's EA right. Games? It was EA Games. I'm pretty sure it was Challenge Everything. And that is the Houston defense to me, fellas. They challenge everything. They're out on all kinds of jumpers. You're not getting open shots against them. You'll have a guy running at you, flying in your face. I think that is going to be a little tougher for Miami, who has great shot makers, but this this Houston team makes it all difficult. They're not that bad 1v1 in the perimeter. You got Shed, Sasser, Mark, length and quickness and bulldogs. I don't think they're going to get beat off the bounce that consistently. So I, I do think the number's a little high. I'm not ready to bet it uh, with Houston would actually lean towards Miami. If I had to bet it getting seven, seven and a half, but I think Houston moves on. They're just a better team. They've got enough in the paint to take out Miami. Uh, And if I really want to store that take fellas, I could put it in vault, put it in the vault. Lock it. Yeah. If you ever get tired of trying to prove you want an argument, you can just refer back to your vault. That is on the vaulted app. V L T E D pronounced vaulted a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts you can store all of your predictions hot takes in your own vault now and forever challenge your friends keep track of the results get some bragging rights prove you were in fact the smartest vaulted will be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months so download the app at the link below in the video check it out sign up for your three-month trial and store your predictions there in your own vault forever let's keep moving fellas in the South region, I believe. Yeah, Creighton and Princeton. First six versus 15 matchup ever. Biggest spread of this round. Creighton laying nine and a half, ten, depending where you look. Matthew, I'm going to you first. Got an Ivy offense against a Creighton team that is actually quite stout defensively. Not your average Mr. McDermott team. What are you looking at in this one? Yeah, I think Princeton is not your average Ivy League team in terms of how they rebound. Um, not like crazy big or crazy athletic, but they're athletic enough and long enough. Um, and you guys saw it firsthand last game. Uh, you know what the Caden Pierce can do on the boards. He's built like a, you know, fire hydrant. Uh, you know, Tosan has been fantastic. Qualman up front. So I think there's, 
a good neutralizing foundation for Princeton to at least compete up front. The question is, uh, can they score enough? And are Creighton's shots falling, which I guess is the question every matchup here. But I think the way Princeton defended Arizona, um, it's not the same type of scout as Arizona here, but just against the talent and you know, just the concern of Culpenter on the roll, Kai. They're going to be pretty packed in, I think the Tigers are. So Creighton's jump shots will be there. Um, they have shooters. Their offense hasn't quite exploded yet this season. We've seen it at times, but not consistent enough. General, I just trust the Princeton game planning uh, here. I'm going to trust mm-hmm. what Mitch Henderson brings out of his bag. We're not going to know it until we see it, but it was certainly uh, pretty damn bulletproof against Mizzou and against Arizona in the first round. So it, my bet here is mostly on Mitch Henderson and his game plan against the Jays. Yeah, my, my best bet is Princeton, plus 10. Um, as I've said multiple times, Ivy schools are a pain to play against in a tournament setting because you don't see a lot of their offense during the season. You don't see it in the conference play for sure. You rarely see it in non-con, and that's why Ivy schools tend to have more success in the non-con and in the tournament. Creighton, a little more time to prep for this one. I, I do think McDermott's a fantastic coach, but again, it's hard to simulate those offenses uh, that Princeton can bring. It is too many points. Uh, th- this pace is going to play, I think, slower than anticipated. I think it's definitely under 70 possessions. It could be as low as 65. So 10 plays better in, in that setting. I think Tosan, if Princeton moves him to the five, plays him to the five, which they did a lot against Arizona and Mizzou, that's a challenge for Kalkbrenner, pulling him away from the rim. Creighton's does, Creighton does run, off, run teams off the line. Maybe that's an issue for Princeton's offense. They're cutting. But I do think they can take advantage here a little bit with the edge and game planning. Jim, Jay's got the talent edge, the athleticism edge. I think they're going to win, but 10 points is too much. Tigers plus 10. Yeah, there you go. Love it. Um, I am leaning that way. Kai, I do think it might be a hair high. I love the under. That's my best bet here. Uh, need to double check the number to make sure I've got the current one. Uh, but I, I think under is is a great bet. Princeton's going to continue trying to slow down teams that more prefer to run. Uh, Creighton's not the same kind of beast as Mizzou and Arizona in terms of need to be in transition, but Princeton's once again, going to keep this in the half court, try to isolate with Tosan, make sure he's the matchup edge that they need him to be. No one does a better job of forcing mid-range jumpers really than Creighton. Just look at the last two games, the amount of twos that Turquavian Smith and Joyner took, they took 35 combined. And then Flagler and Cryer took 21 combined twos last round. Both those teams want those to be more triples than mid-rangers. And I think Creighton just does a nice job of forcing you into that range. So we'll see a lot of that from Malaco, from Langborg, getting run off the line here by this Creighton defense. That helps the under two. So pace, efficiency, I think there's a couple of angles for that. Uh, looking at the under of 140 between these two. Uh, same as my under number yesterday, Arkansas and UConn. So we'll see. Uh, that's my that's my take there. I do think Creighton wins, but feels high. If I had to bet it, it would be Princeton. Last game of the night, Matt's ready to talk hook'em horns. He was impressed with them last weekend. They're now laying four against Xavier, a team that looked ooh, shaky in the first round, but then pretty darn solid against Pitt in the second round. Matt, Texas has been good for weeks now. Are you riding with the horns? Minus four against Xavier. Yes, I am, Jim. It's my best bet. Uh, the Xavier run to date, let's just kind of run through their opponents and situations, uh, got blown out by Marquette 14 points in the big East tournament title game. Yes. I'm ignoring conveniently the Creighton game before it's the one by 22, <laughs> Kennesaw state, right? I mean, like Kennesaw had that game one, couldn't guard anything on the perimeter. Yeah. Whatever they wanted, did the owls next game it's Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, they played Pitt. like Pitt's defense has been a complete abomination the last week and a half. So they scored 84 points against Pitt. Okay. Smoked I'm going to. 
smoked him. But it was Pitt, who's terrible defensively, and it's still Pitt, who we all know still is kind of a fraud. I think it's time for the uh, the what's the crows come home to roost here, Kai. Texas just kind of puts <laughs> chickens. I think chickens come home to roost. Yeah, the hens it's come home bird. to roost. It's Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, the horns get it done here. Just the way that Rice is shooting it from the outside. We've always known Carr and Hunter um, can set the table. You know, multi-dimensional on both ends. But but the emergence of Rice is like not just a role player, but like an actual weapon. And then Disu up front, absolute manimal. Um, they're going to need him against Texas or Xavier's interior physicality. He's kind of that neutralizing factor that I look for. This thing, this Texas thing keeps rolling. I know it's Rodney Terry. He hasn't been this far in the tournament. Yada, yada, yada. I don't care. It's a set it and forget it team at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, you make good points. They're scary. Texas is, is super scary. They're old, tons of weapons in the backcourt. I agree. DC has been very impressive. Um, I, I just lean towards Xavier just a little bit. And it's mostly because of coaching. I think Sean Miller is a better coach than Rodney Terry. No offense to Terry. I think Xavier's backcourt is better as well. And they're the better shooting team. Um, that last one is objective. They are the better shooting team here. Top five in the country in three-point percentage. Hopefully, boom, Kunkel Jones can handle the pressure Texas throws at them. They're not immune to turnovers. Um, they are experienced, but they can have issues against Texas's length for sure. I think Jack Nungy is also a huge, huge mismatch for Texas does not get a lot of attention. Seven footer stretches the floor, scores in the post. I think he's going to be an overlooked piece uh, in this matchup here. So I do lean towards Xavier, Jim. Fully admitting uh, Texas is a very scary team. Yeah, I'm fairly torn here, but I, I do think I kind of lean more towards Texas just given how uh, well they're playing of late. And I think the Kennesaw game really exposed some of Xavier's flaws, especially that perimeter defense. If Rice and Hunter and Carr can get downhill, that starts to get dicey. Worry about maybe Nunji foul trouble. Uh, I hope not. Uh, I'd like to see him on the floor. I do think that matchup with DC was huge. Uh, DC's dominated some pretty favorable matchups of late. Last five games, averaging 18 and nine. Pretty impressive. Uh, not what they had gotten from him all year. That continues. Man, Texas is tough to stop. You've got a monster in the paint to complement that impressive perimeter group. And then Timmy Allen also giving them the wing scoring, the mid post kind of game. Jerome Hunter's been fantastic lately for Xavier. We'll see if that keeps up against the physical front line. I do lean Texas, though. Could see this one getting kind of up and down. Uh, Xavier likes to run. Texas has run with teams at times this season. So don't have a great feel on the total. Uh, I just think that one's that one's tougher to crack compared to some of the other games. I do lean over. I agree. I think this is a track meet. I really do. Okay. And both teams have have routes to points. That's kind of Xavier's typical MO. Although they've tightened the defense, it wasn't that against Pitt. Uh, a lot of points in the first 30 minutes of that game before it slowed down. Uh, before we recap best bets, fellas, let's shout out Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick them, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games. If you pick them all, all you can do, or all you need to do, is pick a player's over or under points prop with rebounds, uh, points, whatever it may be. If you get them all right, you win a whole boatload of cash. If you're like Kai, you think Jack Nungy's going to have a big old game against Texas. You just go in there, you find Jack Nungy, you smack that over on his points and rebounds, you make money. That's what you do. Just get Underdog Slick mobile app. It's easy enough to download and use for anybody, even bozos like Rob. What a <laughs> man that guy is. Can you believe it? Uh, he's even figured out Underdog Fantasy. 
Uh, make sure you go there, sign up, use promo code FIELD, F-I-E-L-D, get a 100% first deposit match up to $100. Get in on the madness now. Fellas, let's recap best bets. Kai, going to you first. Princeton Tigers, plus 10. Ivy League, smart guys, calculus, Princeton. Hookem, it's time that the 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 what come home the what comes home the what chickens. comes home to roost the chickens, chickens come, come home, home to roost. To roost. There yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> Minus four, Texas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I lean Texas, but I still wanted to throw the X up at Maddie. Let, let the Muskies give him a game. Uh, my best bet is Princeton and Creighton under 140. I think that's going to be a slow game. Some efficiency problems with Kalkbrenner out there running the paint on one end, and Princeton just kind of junking it up against the. Uh, the Princeton defense on the other end. All right, that's it. That wraps up our Friday show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with one Saturday show talking all four Elite Eight games. So check that out tomorrow. We'll be live on this same channel, Field of 68, YouTube Best Bets. Until then, enjoy the games tonight. See you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.